We are back with another episode of Made for Philly. I am Bryce Lewinsky alongside Matt Minton. We are presented by Godzilla Media. And this is a this is a happy show, Matt. This is a happy show. The birds are back in the playoffs, and it, it, it's been a fun ride. It feels good. I remember going back to our episode back in August talking about this team, saying, oh, I think this team's overlooked. Uh, you know, this team might be making a playoff run here soon. And Watch out for this Eagles team, and here they are. Look, midseason, here we are at 2-5. and five. We were talking about firing Nick Sirianni. Jalen Hurts isn't the answer, blah, 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 blah. And now here we are. The Eagles are 9-7, and seven, have clinched a winning record, uh, and the first time that the Eagles have had a winning record under a rookie head coach, that would be Nick Sirianni since going back to Chip Kelly's first year and uh this is truly an impressive season all the way around this eagles fought through a lot of adversity uh, they have a matchup against the cowboys this week and we're not really going to touch on the cowboys matchup that much it's it's meaningless i mean th- some starters might play some might not uh they're both in the playoffs really what we're here to talk about is the postseason and the postseason outlook uh before next week where we're going to know who the eagles play but uh Let's start with the Eagles just simply clinching a postseason spot and really acknowledging how impressive of a feat that is for this football team. Well, was it really considering how we thought this team was better than we thought? But given where they started as the, I believe, 29th ranked uh, roster by Pro Football Focus, bets were going out saying they were going to be the worst team in the league, have the fewest wins. What Mm -hmm. a ride to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. now for the fourth time in the last five years. And just a roller coaster too, starting off week one on fire and then going down to two and five in the gutter and then suddenly becoming one of the best rushing teams in NFL history. Literally, when you look at the stats game by game and just how much Nick Sirianni, how much that flower comment might have actually <laughs> meant something. Were they now? I think seven and two since he made that comment. Well, so, let's yeah, well, let's rewind a little bit. Um and, and I and I just relate to this because I was there. When the Eagles got absolutely obliterated out in Las Vegas at the end of October, they were one of the worst teams in football. Hands Mm -hmm. down, playing like one of the worst teams in football. They had lost five of their last six, um, including four in the span of 29 days that they trailed by at least 19 points at one point. I mean, this was a bad football team at two and five. Only four teams record-wise were worse. I mean – at the time, the Eagles had three top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. Their three picks, I mean, between them, Miami, and Indianapolis, they were three top 10 picks. Uh, they were two and five. They were 19th in offense, 24th in defense. They were giving up points left and right. A rookie head coach, a first time starting quarterback, and no apparent direction because Sirianni looked lost. Hertz was making mistakes. Nobody was making plays, and you didn't really know where this team was going and who this team could seriously build around for the future. I mean, this was a lost cause. Then to your point, Matt, Nick Sirianni sat there and started talking about flowers, and we're like, oh, my God, make it stop. Make this nightmare stop. Wake me up because this has to be a bad dream. I mean, I mean, we were talking about growth under the soil, uh, you know, meaning that, you know, the team was struggling outwardly, but there was tremendous growth occurring out of sight and that we'd see this pretty little flower that pops up eventually. And we, I mean, we're like this, this is really, this is really what our head coach in the city of Philadelphia is talking about. Are you fucking kidding me? They're seven and two cents. They are seven and two cents. And this season truly has become, um, evidence of what is possible if you simply believe in yourselves and you simply believe in who in, in that locker room and the potential in that locker. I mean, Jason Kelsey said it the best, uh, you know, that the, the speech that he made that went viral, um, you know, the team posted it and whatnot. He's right. I mean, when this team is playing their best football, they cannot be beaten up, beaten by many teams. This team is good when going on all cylinders. And I, I think seven and two and believing in themselves and fighting adversity like this, clutching a playoff spot is a good point. I mean, when a coach never stops believing in his system, 
the players never stop believing in the coach, an entire football team finds a way to focus on getting better each and every day, which is you don't see that in many losing teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Jaguars. I mean, I think the Lions believe in themselves, but they didn't turn it around. I mean, look at some of these teams that are downright underperforming and just simply quitting on their football coach and themselves. This team didn't do that, and instead of dwelling on the standings or the ugly losses that were constantly piling up for this team, uh, the criticism from the media, from the fans, that was just absolutely bombarding them left and right, they they took it and spun it around to a 9-7 record and are in the playoffs. Um, it, it, it's, it's really awesome to see. Uh, and I got it. I get it. The schedule got easier only, but don't, and the only, the chiefs have a better record since week eight. Um, but they started winning precisely because nothing changed. They kept doing what they had been doing for nine weeks and it just started working, establishing the run uh, and really finding their true identity. And the defense has played better. Uh, Sirianni has been better on the offensive side of the ball coaching. He's been a good head coach. Um, something's working and I I mean, they've just continued to ride this wave into January and now they're playing postseason football for the fourth time in five years. Yeah, it really is a lot of a ripple effect. I mean, going to where you say that Raiders game being dead in the water to now, if I'm another team in the playoffs, the Eagles aren't the first team I want to play. No. They're no. not, they're they're by no means the least dangerous in this bracket out of here. When you just look at how hot they are, how well they've been running the football. Granted, they've had uh, rough starts the last couple of weeks, but they find a way to get it together. And when they're like Jason Kelsey said, that's my next jersey purchase, by the way, Jason Kelsey. When that's probably a pretty good one. When they're on all cylinders and they're playing up to their potential, they're a tough team to beat. When you just have everything working for you, when even Jalen Hurts, who is who, by the way, looked really comfortable last week and has looked more comfortable each week in the pocket and is only starting to improve after, you know, granted rough starts. This is a dangerous team and by no means the a cakewalk for any team in the playoffs. And I, I mean, this is a to your point, Matt. And by the way, I mean, Jalen Hurts is now becoming the youngest quarterback in Eagles franchise history to start a postseason game. That's, I mean, that's how quickly, like you don't really see this turnaround. And, and I think, and we'll, we'll talk about Jalen Hurts here and the future of this team and where this team could be headed here in a, in a couple minutes. Once, once we break down the postseason a little more, but, and I just, I just want to throw this out there. I mean, you've been hearing about this Eagles team from a lot of NFL analysts that the fact that this is a young team, um, that doesn't know any better going into the postseason, right? I mean, but they still have some grizzled veterans. I mean, the, you still have Kelsey, you still have Lane Johnson, guys like that that were on the Super Bowl team. But all in all, I mean, this is a lot of these players' first taste of postseason action. And that sometimes can be the most dangerous type of team. And, and the reason I say that is, I mean, this Eagles team wasn't supposed to be contenders this year. They t- they just simply weren't in the eyes of many. Maybe in our eyes, we felt like there was a chance. How much of that was us being Eagles fans, wanting our birds in the playoffs? I don't know. But there was some of us that thought that the Eagles deserved to be there. But most of the people wrote this team off entirely before the season even started. They're the third youngest team in the league. They have a first-year head coach in Nick Sirianni that a lot of people – Thought didn't deserve to be a head coach. Thought it was Make a panic argument. hire. It, it, it was the you know the best of not a very good situation. And they've wanted a yes man for Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Okay. Then you have quarterback Jalen Hurts, who needed to prove that he's a franchise quarterback. Still needs to prove, really, I, I mean, for some people, and realistically, still needs to prove that he can be a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not carry away, get he carried away with a, a seven and two he run. He, he he earned another year. But, I mean, a run in the postseason and, and knowing how much of a gamer and a, and a true competitor that Jalen Hurts is, you know you're going to get his very best come playoff time. And at worst, he's going to learn from the experience and take it into next year. What Jalen Hurts, your, to your point, has earned at least a year. The Eagles have five games of more than 200 rushing yards. They're also well on their way to setting the franchise record for rushing yards in a season. And their streak of nine straight games of 130 plus rushing yards is the team's longest in 77 years. So you take that running game, which is the best in football. Mm-hmm. They have the best rushing attack in all of football. Mm-hmm. And you take that, that travels on the road 
against any opponent, and the pressure of big games won't impact Jalen Hurts after his time spent at Alabama and Oklahoma playing in those big games left and right down in college. He is not scared of the big light. Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles defensive scheme is the obvious question mark. I get it, but there are several veterans on that side of the ball led by Darius Slay, Fletcher Cox. They've been better. This defense has not given up more than 18 points in nine weeks. This is a defense turning the corner. Now, did they struggle a little bit against Washington early on? Yeah, I'll get, yes, they did. But this is a team that's coming together at the right time and a hot team with nothing to lose. The expectations were not there for this team. They are playing with house money. Mm -hmm. That's the type of team that teams like Tampa Bay, LA, Dallas, Arizona, with all the pressure on them in the world, they have to look out for a team like the Eagles. They really do. And I like how you brought up that point of how everybody wrote them off and everybody's telling them they're not supposed to be there. So they essentially have no expectations, maybe outside of Philadelphia. But in a way, that can be good when you don't have all the pressure. The media is breathing down your neck like with Dallas, how they're going to have all this pressure on them. And I'm excited. Like, granted, I'm still a little bit questioning on the defense because sure. like you like to your point, uh, what was the number? Less than 18 points. Less than 18 points weeks. in the last nine weeks. Now, you know, granted, this defense started stepping on playing a lot better. You can make the argument, oh, well, with the them running the ball so much, how much does is the defense on the field? It doesn't matter, though. This defense is turning the corner, and they're doing they're getting their job done with the time they're given. So combine that with just hopefully a record-setting running attack by the Eagles and, like you said, the best rushing attack in football. This is a dangerous team. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, to me, like, it's hard not to get excited about this mm-hmm. team now and start talking about, you know, who can they play, how far are they going to go, and and realistically, how far can this Eagles team go? So, I mean, let's get right to it. Let's talk about the potential wild-card matchups here, Matt, because, I, I mean, honestly, really anything's still on the table for this team heading into Week 18 playing the Dallas Cowboys. And some of the impact of how – um, the outcome of this Eagles-Cowboys game goes, I mean, it has an impact on the standings. And, you know, nothing's really cemented outside of the fact that the Packers have the one seed. The Eagles could literally play all of L.A., Tampa, Dallas, or Arizona. I'm not really scared of any of those four teams, but we'll break it down here in a second. Um, under the current NFL format, uh, I, I mean, the Eagles wild card game is supposed to be scheduled for either Saturday the 15th, Sunday the 16th, or Monday the 17th. Uh, currently, as it stands, Rams would be playing the Eagles as the 2-7 and seven matchup, um, but you also have the Buccaneers who are set to play the Niners. The Niners are still having to clinch a playoff spot. They have to beat the Rams. So really, if the Niners get to a playoff spot, then the Rams will be uh, – jump down a little bit and then the Buccaneers play the Panthers. So they jump up. Uh, You look at the possibilities of who the Eagles could play. And they, they ran a whole bunch of um, simulations of all the possible scenarios. And it it makes your head hurt. It it really Mm -hmm. does. It really does. Um, and, And I was looking at it and I'll pull it up now just to, just to bring it up and, you know, have it for talking sake, the most likely scenario for the Eagles is the Buccaneers. Uh, Likely the Eagles will be headed down to Tampa, assuming uh, Tampa handles their own business and, you know, the Eagles sit there and head down to the Buccaneers to play. Um, If the Eagles beat the Cowboys in week 18, they will face the Bucs in the wild card round of the playoffs, regardless, Um, unless the Panthers go and beat the Bucs and the Niners beat the Rams. Um, If the Panthers and the Niners both win, the Eagles will face the Cardinals. And if the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, they would face the Rams if the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. So it's like, it's getting, it's getting, you know, really hard to take that all in. And I understand that. So let's make it simple. Let's make it simple here for the listeners. We'll go with all the four potential matchups that the Eagles could have, whether it be uh, Tampa, whether it be, uh, you know, LA, whether it be Dallas, whether it be Arizona, uh, do any of these teams really concern you if the Eagles have to go on the road and play any of them? 
I don't want to say they openly concern me. I believe that the Eagles have a legitimate chance to beat all their opponents. But, you know, if I had to pick one team I would rather not play, um, never underestimate Tom Brady's luck in the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. if I can steer clear of Tampa Bay for at least the first round, that would be preferable. But, again, I do think that this is a team that they can beat. I mean, there's – all the drama with Antonio Brown going on right now. You oh my had God. some other issues. I still can I still can't believe that, by the way. And it wasn't that asinine. Wasn't that absolutely asinine? I was I'm not gonna say I wasn't entertained, but you know, <laughs> that's very that's an interesting situation. And it's a bit of a I don't want to say a blow, but like, you know, that's just Antonio Brown not lining up and somebody else taking his place. But overall, I think that they can beat all the teams. I think that each team this season has shown that they are beatable in terms of the Eagles skill level. They've both shown weaknesses they can exploit. I like their chances going down the road to any of those teams. Yeah. Uh, when, when I look at it first off, um, I'll start with the teams that don't concern me at all. That would be Arizona who I don't think are, is playing very well at all. And I actually really like the Eagles chances if they have to go out and play Arizona. I think that's where um, my first pick would be too. Then I'm looking at Dallas, and the reason I look at Dallas is they're they're really starting to struggle offensively. They lost Michael Gallup. Uh, Dak is not taking care of the football. Um, I think Sirianni wins the coaching matchup there with Mike McCarthy. I think Sirianni's been a better coach this year, and I think the Cowboys are a team that people bought in and drank the Kool-Aid a little too soon. Like, I mean, they come out to this fast start each and every year only to disappoint. Um, Dallas has not looked good lately. Their only big win uh, these past couple weeks have been against a hopeless Washington team. So how much engaged with half that team in COVID protocols was that? Can you really take from that? Um, Then I would probably go with the Rams. I would feel not great about playing the Rams on the road in LA. Now I get it. Sean McVay uh, is not very good against the Eagles at home. His only win was last year in the COVID year in Philly. He's 0-2 against the Eagles at home. However, this is a Rams team that's all in, and they have boatloads of talent. And, I mean, if the Eagles were to win that game, they would have to be flawless on the defensive side of the ball and take advantage of every opportunity they have on the offensive side of the ball, running the football into that defensive line. I mean, that is strength on strength right there. If you're looking mm-hmm. at Rams Eagles. Yeah. Shout out Aaron Donald. But um, honestly though, the Rams offense has looked a little bit shaky. Uh, ironically, and, yeah. ever since they've gotten yeah. Odell Beckham, but you know, still when you look at Cooper cup being the best receiver in football and arguably, arguably a top three MVP candidate, Odell yeah. Beckham is always dangerous. Uh, Stafford's had a career year, so they are still dangerous, but they Getting have Cam shown... Akers back for the playoffs. I mean, Cam Akers back. Yeah. Andrew Whitworth, a left tackle. Um, definitely a talented offense, but they also have looked a little bit like yes, shaky, at least the last couple weeks. So would I still rather avoid them given that defensive line? I'll say yes. Still winners of five straight, though. So, I, mm-hmm. I mean, they are playing better of late. And then obviously the Bucks. Now, we saw a taste of what the Eagles and Bucks looked like early in the year. Now, granted, the Eagles were not the team they are now when they faced the Buccaneers, but the Eagles almost came back in that game. And if they didn't start they did. off so bad, that game could have ended differently. And this is a Buccaneers team that, to your point, I mean, they lost Godwin for the year on a torn ACL. AB walked out and, you know, he's not going to be a Buccaneer anymore. You don't know the future of Leonard Fournette in the postseason with that hamstring. He's going to be coming off IR before the playoffs, but who knows how ready he's going to be. Mike Evans is dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, That defense is decimated by injury. They have not been the same defense they were last year. So you look at the Buccaneers, and like if you go down to Tampa, I'd imagine there'd be a lot of Eagles fans in Tampa um, Mm -hmm. going to that game. Like I almost like the Eagles winning that game if they go down there. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's there. It's a lot more winnable of a game than it was this, you know, during the regular season. But, you know, I keep bringing myself back to just Tom Brady's luck in yeah, the season. No, if, I I if I honestly had to pick the team I would want to face the most, I would say the Cardinals. I, I think that they're I'm, the most, I'm right there with you. They're I think the they're most the most, gettable. like, they're the most human team, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, like, Arizona the, would have to beat Seattle, and we'd have to hope for a prayer of San Francisco uh, beating um, L.A. for that to happen. And then, obviously, we would need Carolina <clears throat> as well to beat Tampa. So th- that's tough. Unfortunately, Arizona is the least, <laughs> believe right. it or not, the least likely scenario. Um, the most likely scenario is, like I said, it's going to be Tampa. Um there's a slim chance that they'll play Dallas, but believe it or not, the way Philly and Dallas are playing this weekend, the result either way is actually going to hurt their chances of having a rematch in um, the post, mm. at least in the first round. The most likely scenarios are Tampa and LA. Okay. But you know, as likely as it is, I would, it would be a pretty, it would be pretty cool to see them knock Brady out of the playoffs in the first round. But um, ah, like, these are both, um, in my opinion, winnable games, regardless of, you know, even if I would prefer other teams, you know, the only and, and I said even this before. like all, you know, neither one is perfectly hot right now. And, and, I, and I guess this kind of goes into the conversation of how far can this Eagles team really go? Right. Um, and we, we, we talk about, you know, these matchups and, and I broke it all down and I was looking at it earlier, looking at the NFC playoff field, whether it's the Niners. I mean, if the Eagles end up playing the Niners later on, I mean, that, that would be shocking because they're two wildcard teams Um, that would have to be in the NFC championship game or same thing with the saints. But if you look at any of those eight teams and whoever between the saints and the Niners make the playoffs, that's not really where the conversation is going here. The only team I truly fear across the board, even look at the AFC. I'm not scared of anybody in the AFC. I, I think I think the AFC is a whole bunch of bleh, and uh, it, it's really going to be who gets hot at the right time to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. The team I truly fear is Green Bay. And the fact that you have to go to Lambeau Field on the road, the path to the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau. I don't care who you are. I don't think anybody really has stands a chance out in Green Bay this year. Yeah, that's probably who I would have picked as the team I'm most worried about. I think that they can win the first round, but – I think that um, when you look at Green Bay going into Lambeau, I think that this is the, like, I think they've been to, what, three out of the last four or five conference championships. Matt LaFleur is probably going to be your coach of the year. Um, I don't want to play Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. No. Um, But, 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 if there's a team, once again, if there's a team in this playoff field that you could see having a chance and, and you could say L.A., but I don't think so. I don't think they would stand a very good chance. You could say Tampa. I think Brady would be able to pull that off for a second straight year. But you look at all the way the teams try to win and the way these teams are winning games, you look at the team that runs the ball the best and plays the best defense, it's been the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes your best defense is keeping the other offense off the field. And if you're running the ball, like, look, the Packers defense, if there's question marks about the Packers, it's their defense. Um, they they were playing well in the middle of the year, but they've fallen off of late. If the Eagles can effectively run the football against the Packers and simply keep the Packers offense off the field for a good chunk of that game, I mean, it would take a near perfect performance, but the Eagles could absolutely go into Lambeau and beat the Packers. Do I think it will happen? Would I sit here on, you know, our divisional round matchup preview if we are so lucky to make it that far against the Eagles and the Packers and me sit here and say, yeah, the birds are going to win? Probably not, mm-hmm. but it's not impossible. No, not impossible at all. And I like how you talked about just utilizing the run game. And if you want to win, you got to keep Rodgers off the field and his defense Green Bay's defense has been known to vanish during the playoffs. So again, not impossible, but you know, let's get through the, I guess let's get through the wild card round first, figure uh, out who well, we're playing and then do those. Well, let, let's get through, let's get through like week 18. Let's get week through, <laughs> through week 18 without catastrophe striking. Let me tell you um, the fact that the Eagles are having their, I guess you could call it COVID outbreak with 12 of them. Most of them starters on the COVID list to the likes of Kelsey, uh, Fletcher Cox is on the list. Goddard is on the list. Like a lot of key pieces. Thank God the Eagles clinched the playoff spot in week 17 because I would not want to be sweating this out 
knowing that Dallas is coming to town, knowing half of your starters on the offensive side of the ball and some of your defense is on COVID protocol list in a must-win football game. So thank God the Eagles took care of their business. I mean, there's never a good time for a COVID outbreak, but this is probably sure as hell the best time for it. Yeah, and you know, I've honestly been asking myself, is it really a COVID outbreak or is it their way of placing guys in protocol so that they can go test negative mm-hmm. and then be... I mean, that's honestly they what get I the think 90 day reprieve, which is past mm-hmm. the Super Bowl at this point. That's what I think the idea is. I think that this is Nick Sirianni's that would be, way. Of that, saying, would be, that would be that would be absolutely brilliant yeah. from Sirianni. That I think would it's be his brilliant. way of saying, like, okay, like we're gonna we're in the playoffs, we're not gonna risk our starters, so we'll take our chances and see what Dallas does. But you know, if you put all these key guys in, like you said, like the 90 day goes past Super Bowl, so it allows them to you know, not get screwed over by COVID outbreaks in the wild card. Wow. And, and so, look, I mean, in the year of COVID, now you don't, you you obviously don't hope for it because, I, I mean, it's COVID. It's not, it's not a joke. But at the same time, and, and this isn't a, you know, this is a specific, very unique circumstance that we're in um, in the time of 2021, 2022, um, that look, Look what ha- I mean, what could happen? Say the Eagles, I'm just throwing a hypothetical out because this is just part of the conversation and you have to consider it. Eagles go and, uh, well, I don't know if Rodgers would still, I, I don't know if the 90 days, I don't think the 90 days has passed, so Rodgers wouldn't be up for it. So I guess that's kind of moot. Say the Cowboys, say the Eagles play the Cowboys. They go into Dallas, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, half their teams on COVID protocol. I mean, you might get a team that, you know, should be beating you at the right time. They have a COVID outbreak. I mean, that COVID could dictate who comes out of the playoffs pretty dramatically. I mean, mm-hmm. if some guys can't play, some guys aren't going to be able to play. I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. It's not like an injury you could try to play through. You have COVID. You have COVID. Yeah, if you have COVID, you have COVID. So, you know. Again, I still think that this is a devious move by Sirianni. I think this is him thinking it's outside brilliant. the box. It's absolutely if 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 this if you're and I and I hope you're right. It costs fifty theory, fifty, but it makes that too would much be, sense. No, it makes too much sense, and I'm running with it. That is that is absolutely brilliant from Sirianni. Yeah. So at this point, it's looking like it's probably going to be. It could possibly be, you know, Minshew Cooper rush game, depending on what Dallas wants to do. Dallas so, has said they're start. They're playing their starters. Right, Mike then. McCarthy said they're, they might the way Mike McCarthy and he's such a schmuck. I oh I he is hundred percent yeah. Um, McCarthy said this would be good experience for our team to play in colder weather. They've played in colder weather, but I, I whatever. Um, go and wait. Go, I mean, risk your players. That's that's all. I mean, I I can't stand Dallas. I I don't think yeah. they're gonna. I don't think they stand a chance. I I don't think they're very good this year. I I think they're very very overrated. Actually, I think so too. I mean, it's seen it's been the same story. You know, get to the playoffs after a good year, right away done, underperform. Then you realize they haven't been to a conference championship since 1995. So Matt, Nick Foles has more playoff wins in our lifetime than the Cowboys do. I know, and that's such a beautiful sight. I I mean, come on. I mean, Nick Foles has more playoff wins than an entire organization. He got it all in one year. So, I mean, it's just it's just beautiful. I mean, any opportunity we get to shit on Dallas, we obviously are going to do it. Absolutely. But, um, this this conversation, Matt, and the fact that we're talking about the playoffs, like if you would have told me come, you know, the beginning of November that here we are in 2022, first episode. By the way, first episode of Major Fillion, the year 2022. Um okay that we'd be sitting here talking about the Eagles already securing a playoff spot. I, I, I think I would have called you crazy. Um, yeah, me too. Go, go find a psych center. Uh, Cause that, that's just not, that was not a conversation that was on our table. Um, I mean, it's not possible without Nick's and we've given Nick Sirianni a lot of love already on this show. Um, he is, and I think, like you said, Lafleur will probably get it. Blah blah blah. Frank Reich. Blah blah blah. Bill Belichick. Blah blah blah. If you really look at who deserves to be coach of the year, it absolutely is Nick Sirianni. I think there's a legitimate argument, and you know, to agree to disagree, I think I have him as my number three candidate. 
Number one, I think, is Lafleur. when you just look at all he's done this year with Green Bay and the Aaron Rodgers controversy. Number Okay, well, I'll call Sirianni 2A or 2B, with um, the other one being Mike Vrabel. Seeing, um, okay, yeah, okay. the top seed in the AFC after he's right. arguably the most important player in his team and one of the best players in football. But to act like Sirianni has no reason to be nominated or have a legitimate chance to win this is insane. When you look at, especially with pro football focus, the NFL themselves graded the Eagles roster as. As I mean, they were the they were ranked as the 29th best roster. They were projected to go four and thirteen. I saw one simulation that had them three and fourteen. Um, and, and this was the team that just I mean, everything we heard, I mean, especially after Nick Sirianni's uh, opening presser, um it was certainly not positive reviews. <laughs> um mm-hmm. so I mean, credit to him for what he's done, especially mid-year to adjust and finally find his identity as a head coach, his identity as a play caller. And that helped this team find its identity as a football team. And I mean, they have ran off with it, but let's, I mean, this all wouldn't be possible. And we have all sat there and given this man, you know, our fair share of, you know, Floyd Mayweather Mm -hmm. punch. Howie Roseman. Yeah. Howie Roseman. I mean, you got to give some credit to Howie Roseman. Now, and it's been a good point, and I read this athletic article the other day, um, and it's absolutely true. Um, Howie Roseman deserves a lot of credit for turning this around. However, let's keep in mind what he's turning around. It's his own mess. So, I mean, you know, there's still things that he needs to be held accountable for, for like, oh, I don't know, picking fucking Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson, for example, or, or giving a quarterback an extension only to run him out of town in a year, uh, or, or, you know, drafting J.J. Ortega-Whiteside instead of D.K. Metcalf. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, and there's more. That's just, or, or, or you know, jettisoning, you know, Doug Peterson to the point that he's just... I'm done. I'm out of here. That's pretty much what it got to. Um, I mean, he was public enemy number one in the eyes of the fans, uh, the fan base, um, including most reporters and media, um, inconsistent decisions, rolling the dice on random quarterbacks, numerous weeks of anonymous sources, marred the Eagles franchise with God knows what the appearance of instability and unprofessionalism. Um, I mean, I mean, the, the reports that were coming out of this Eagles franchise, over the past year or so have been sickening. And Mm -hmm. I know, I I, I know, you know what I'm talking about. I know what everybody knows what they're talking about. Um, The fact that Howie Roseman sat there and told Doug Peterson, who's dressing on game day, um, you know, know, things like that, that none of these head coaches wanted to work for Howie Roseman um, and that Jeffrey Lurie had him on this pedestal um, that he didn't deserve to be on. How things have changed. Um, let, let's let's go back with Howie Roseman here, mm-hmm. and obviously, like I said, he deserves some credit here, and I wanted to take some time to give him that credit. This turnaround doesn't happen without an excellent draft, first off, and some savvy free agent signings, which, to be honest, Howie has always been good at. Always yeah. been good at with, you know, the free agency and the contracts. It's been the draft analysis and the draft evaluations. It's not just one move that Howie made. There was multiple throughout the year and <clears throat> that has given the team a playoff berth. So let's start with draft day. One thing that they really went gung-ho with was obviously admitting that they needed a true wide receiver one. And they maneuvered themselves into this position that they remained flexible. They didn't have a lot of cap space. Um they, they wanted to build through the trenches, but they knew they needed that elite receiver. They got Devontae Smith. They got Devontae Smith. They traded mm-hmm. back. They got Miami's top pick. They got their guy to begin with. And Devontae Smith is going to be a stud. Statistically, he hasn't – I mean, he's been overshadowed by Jamar Chase and, and Jalen Waddle at the wide receiver position. But let's be real here. Um, I think the Eagles' offense and their identity as an offense has kind of limited Devontae's – numbers a little bit yeah no absolutely but when you look at this draft and we'll we'll start with the draft i mean 
Landon Dickerson has become a staple. I mean, yeah. Isaac said, I mean, Brandon Brooks might be looking for a new job uh, because I think they're going to have to slide, say, Mahler to the right guard because Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mailata are here to stay uh, at left tackle and left mm. guard. I mean, they have been unbelievable. And the Eagles have been like this for years. They build through the trenches. And you got to give Howie Roseman credit there because he's always found these guys. I mean, finding Jordan Mailata, I mean, first off, first and foremost. I mean, yeah. That's Andre, almost fall, that's falling ass almost ass backwards in the, into what you got out of him. Right, Andre Dillard is an afterthought, and I think I think Andre Dillard still has you know a place somewhere, but I think, I think it's so not going to be in Philadelphia because you have Lane Johnson and, and uh, Mylotta on the side on both sides, and I don't know if you want to try to move Dillard inside or find return for him. But I I, I digress. Um, you look at the draft, Brennan and Landon Dickerson. Milton Williams has been good. I know people were not happy when they picked when he was picked in the third round. He's been really, really good on the defensive line. Um, Devontae Smith, like I said, Taron Jackson showing promise at the uh, defensive end. Gainwell has been a nice change of pace back when needed. Um, the draft that Howie had back in April has looked like an absolute hit, and the Eagles stuck to what made them great in 2017 for the 2021 draft, and it has paid off um, big time already in year one on both sides of the trenches. Yeah, so definitely a good draft. And, you know, am I, do I still now do I fully trust Howie with these three first-round picks and others? You know, no, no. Yeah, yeah we no, have trust issues. Yeah. Give him credit that he put this team together. He got these draft picks to essentially clean up his own mess. So while, you know, he does have his own flaws, he's a big reason as to why they're here. So... Shout out to Harry Roseman for this year and hopefully he can build off of this next off of this current draft and now use these three first round picks to really solidify the you know future of this team. Let's go to the free agent signings because I think that's what really I mean when we think of Howie Roseman, it's his ability to work his magic within the cap, bring these guys in on bargain deals, and really find some diamonds in the rough when it comes to free agency. I mean, he did it with Corey Graham. I mean, bringing in Alshon back in the free agent uh, year before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Torrey Smith, um, bringing back Nick Foles, you know, you know things like that. Um, this year hasn't been perfect. He brought in Eric Wilson, and my God, what a disaster he was. Mm -hmm. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, I think has been the equivalent of a traffic cone. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, Matt, I, did he make a tackle against Washington? I'm not really sure, but who, I mean, nobody really knows that could have been another guy on the team. I, 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 you know, I forgot Ryan Kerrigan was even on the team until he got put on the COVID list two weeks ago. I mean, he's been an absolute disaster. He's got three combined tackles this entire oh, year. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That, all solos, all solos, but um, a whopping three tackles. Yeah, that that pff, we were so excited when he brought when he was brought in too. Um, the free agent signings of Stephen Nelson and Anthony Harris, though, I think need to be talked about a little more than they are. Um, that has helped the secondary. That has been a lot better than people are really saying they have been this year. Um, there's stability at the number two corner spot and the safety spot, which is really when you look at what the Eagles needed this year, it was replacing. They, they still need to replace Malcolm Jenkins and they tried the Jalen Mills experiment. It just simply was not good. Um, and, and Kevon Wallace was not ready. You can't trust, trust Marcus Epps to a point of being a starter. So you need to bring in that guy. Anthony Harris was that guy. And then, you know, we've talked about this countless times on the show. Um, the ability to bring in Steven Nelson was huge for multiple reasons. Not only did that stabilize the opposite side of Darius Slay, however, it, it also put Avante Maddox back in the slot, and he has earned himself an extension because he's one of the better slot corners in all of football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, going back, I'll highlight... Avante Maddox and Anthony Harris. Now they might not be making, you know, highlight plays every single game. They might not be getting a whole lot of picks, but at the same time, if you're not calling their name for something bad, they're doing something good. So right. really, right. and especially what did he get Anthony Harris for? Like what? 4 million. If that, like you see these guys who at one point were graded as the top 
like he was great as its number one safety in football for I believe the last three or four years to bring him in on a bargain $4 million deal really has been good. And I don't think people realize how important of a role he specifically has played in this defense because, you know, you don't hear his name being called a whole lot, but Mm -hmm. I I would imagine he's looking at a healthy, I don't want to say huge extension, but I have a feeling the Eagles don't want to let him necessarily walk. No, Um, they, if, if they truly want to, really solidify that defense. That's a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, that I think they should really consider bringing back. And let's talk about Doran Howard too. Um, oh yeah. I, I mean, was placed on the practice squad. A lot of people thought his career was close to over. And ever since they, you know, it took a Miles Sanders injury, but ever since they brought him up and signed him back off the practice squad, this was a team that didn't have their identity on offense. And Jordan Howard is a big reason why, they found themselves the identity of a running football team, and they've been damn good at it, and not only damn good, the best team in football at it. I mean, hmm. Jordan Howard has had a huge role this year. He's been unbelievable. He's averaging almost five yards a carry as your second <clears> – <throat> well, not, not change of pace, but when you need a big bruiser, just go up the middle and shift in with Sanders and Scott when they're out. Even Boston Scott, too, finding a way to get his every now and then. I mean, granted, he had that one rough fumble against the Giants, but – it's a dangerous backfield behind it, probably even way more dangerous offensive line. I mean, Landon Dickerson, we thought that this was going to be a learning year for him, but he's he's absolutely solidified a role starting on this line. I'd say guard or, you know, God forbid, Kelsey Moles retirement again. But really, a lot of good things to look at from the trenches, which is what they've always been good at. And obviously, Howie's other strength is his traits, his ability to trade. The Gardner Minshew trade worked out great. Um, no, that's not that's not what we're here to talk about. We're obviously here to talk about the elephant in the room. The Carson Wentz trade. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you liked it or not, um, you know, at the time I was not a fan of Carson Wentz leaving. Nor was I. Um, I will gladly say that I originally thought Wentz should not have been traded and his demise was more about what Roseman and the franchise failed to do around him. He never had a Devontae Smith. Last year, he had an ever-revolving door on the offensive line and he was tossed around like a dog toy. The offensive game plans got stagnant and I think that was a lot of the reason why Carson failed here in Philly. However, it happened, right? They traded Carson to the Colts and it has worked out, I'd say, about as good as anybody could have hoped for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Eagles clinched a playoff spot before the Colts and have the same record as the Colts. Think about that. For, I mean, just, just think about that for a second. The team that the Eagles gave a potential franchise quarterback to for a first-round pick has the same record as the team that traded him, and the Eagles are clearly the early winners of that trade. Um, pretty much setting themselves up for a really successful April coming up. And that's where the future kind of kicks in. Not only are the Eagles, you know, doing this with $34 million of dead cap on their, on their roster this year, because that's what they're paying Carson Mm -hmm. Wentz. And now it's all gone. You got the first round pick because he plays 75% of the snaps. Yeah, it really is definitely looking like an early win. So we'll see who they end up using with that pick. But now, Going on to the future, though, this is really going to be enticing for Howie, who's, like we said, is good at free agent. When you have some big-name free agents that are leaving, seeing the Eagles were a nine-win team with a first-year head coach and second-year quarterback, now have are going to have a lot of cap room and three first-round picks coming up. I want to hop on that train. And and, and here, here, here's where it gets even better, right? And this is where his trades kind of goes. It, we're looping back to the draft here. The Eagles, after tanking in the last game of the year, that's what they did. They tanked. Mm -hmm. They got the sixth overall pick. Howie took that pick, traded back in the draft to the Dolphins in exchange for their first-round pick in 2022 as well. The Eagles still got Devontae Smith, the number one wideout the team had been looking for. Devontae was their guy. They didn't want Waddle. Now, look, is Waddle good? Yes. But when you compare Waddle and Devontae Smith and you get an extra first there, is there really that big of a difference? I don't think so. 
So the fact that Dolphins got Waddle, the Dolphins, you know, already been eliminated from the playoffs, they're going to have uh, probably a 13 to 16-ish number pick next year because the Dolphins are eliminated from the playoffs. Eagles, I mean, win one, win two. Howie Roseman fleeced the Colts. He fleeced the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. They have their first-round pick. He has set this franchise up for six. I mean, this now, granted, you have to hit on those picks, Mm -hmm. but you have that ability. You have three first-round picks, and the fact that Jalen Hurts has given your team more flexibility, you can build this team around Jalen Hurts. You don't Mm -hmm. have to go searching. You don't have to take those picks and send them to Seattle for Russell Wilson. You don't have to send them to Houston for Deshaun Watson. You don't have to spend one of them on Kenny Pickett. Mm -hmm. Um, Three first-round picks in a draft where the team has made the playoffs and one of the best success stories this franchise has seen. I'm sorry. you got to give Howie, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, they deserve all the credit for the improvement that they've shown this year. Um, but the reason this is all possible is because Howie Roseman and this Eagles front office built a potential winner while still having the assets to make a dominant team for the future. This was pinned by the owner. Jeffrey Lurie said, this is a trade. Look, we're rebuilding. This is a transition year. We're trying to re-identify ourselves as a dominant team in the NFC and in the NFL. We're trying to go and win more Super Bowls. We understand that there's going to be bumps in the road. Bumps in the road? They're nine and seven, clips a playoff spot, mm-hmm. and now they have three first round picks in April. Yeah, if this is a, if this is a bump in the road, I would love to know what the highway is. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I mean, I forgive me if I seem giddy, but my team, who was given you know about a snowball's chance of hell of making the playoffs or doing anything relevant this year, was supposed to be, uh, you know, this lost cause projected to be four and. 13 at best um sitting here at nine and seven talking about you know being a team that none of these top contenders wants to play oh and by the way come april you and i are going to be sitting here mocking three first round picks Mm -hmm. yeah thank you may i have another yeah thank you sir may i have another (laughs) so definitely a lot to look forward to in both the present and future so Granted, like, do they still have to hit on him? Yes. But is it good to have three first-round picks instead of one to potentially Matt, build off of? Absolutely. Matt, Matt we're, we're, we're going to save that stress till after the season. Yeah. How exactly. he abs- I mean, he has, he has to hit. Like, there is – I mean, it, it, he's shown this year that, all right, maybe we can trust him again. But, I mean, I'm just so scarred because we've seen it time and time again that he simply has not picked the right guy. Maybe Nick Sirianni's presence, like maybe there's something different about what Nick Sirianni was seeing over what Doug was seeing that, you know, has pushed him the right way. Or maybe simply how he has learned his lesson. I don't know what it is, but it worked this year. Hopefully he can build on it and and these three first-rounders will be – will be something impressive. And, and who knows? Maybe that, I mean, they, they create some flexibility. Maybe we know something more that they don't. Like, look, they have so much flexibility. Like, they have three first-rounders. If you like a certain guy, you have the ammunition to trade up. If you don't like a guy, you have the ammunition to collect even more and move back if your guy is still going to be there. The Eagles did it with uh, Devontae Smith this year. So um, it's going to be interesting, but... I mean, bottom line is this Eagles team's in the playoffs, and I am looking forward to next week talking about who they're going to be playing. I am as well. So, you know, it's just exciting. Like, that's the word. I, I know it's where to keep on going back. No, to, it, but when you just look at how much they've gone past their expectations and how rewarding it is to be talking about this and three first-round picks instead of just mocking three first-round picks. So it really is exciting. I... I I think, uh, yeah, th- this, I tell you what, man, um, I'm still amazed at the fact that we're here having this conversation. I know you are as well, and I'm looking forward to uh, our first playoff run together. I-, I mean, look, this podcast was about as fun as it could have gotten during the peak when we won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, and I, can I know – and I know our listeners are really looking forward to this playoff run as well. 
And it's going to be interesting to see uh, how far this Eagles team can go. They're definitely a team that nobody wants to face right now. And then, obviously, once the Eagles season dies down, we'll tackle some more Sixers, obviously. We'll, we'll talk Sixers, and uh, the Flyers are still kind of depressing me, so I don't really want to <laughs> I don't really want to damper the mood and talk about the Orange Black right now. And still nothing out of baseball as well. But uh, that will do it for our first show of 2022. Obviously, the Eagles and the Cowboys still have much to play for uh, this Saturday. Not Sunday. The Saturday night. Um, I actually was offered tickets. Not offered tickets, but I had the opportunity to go down for the game this Saturday. I just I don't want to spend the $300-ish that it would take to go. Uh, only to watch Gardner Minshew and a bunch of backups play in a meaningless right. game. I, I've I've been there, done that. I was at the Dallas game back in uh, with the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I was at the Dallas game and it was the Nate Sudfeld show. The final Matt was six to three. Mm-hmm. It was the game was on New Year's Eve. I, oh, I'm I sure remember. you you remember. I was there. The final was six to three. It was so cold. I think with the wind chill, it was like minus five. It was so cold. You went and got a beer. By the time you got back, it was a beer slushy. That's how cold. Like you had to chug the beers because if you didn't, you weren't drinking it because it was frozen. Mm-hmm. It, it was. Yeah, that reminds was, me when we went down to the oh. Atlanta game the year they went to the Super Bowl in the last probably four or five minutes. Like everybody's standing up. It's the last. It was the last drive. Yeah, and like I was, I was just numb from probably my waist down. Yeah, I was there for the Falcons game as well. I was, um, I, I mean, I was so amped up that I think the cold kind of left my body. Um, but I mean, that was a fun game. I didn't make it to the NFC Championship game as much as I would have loved to be there. Uh, though those tickets were asinine. Yeah, still um, watching from the comfort of your couch as the Eagles blow out the Vikings to go play a Super Bowl on their home uh, field is just as satisfying. Oh yeah, it, it was one hell of a ride, and let's hope this uh, this team has another run in them. I would love, yeah. I would love to be talking some Super Bowl with this Eagles team moving forward. But that'll do it for this week's episode, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> keep it locked in for at Made for Philly. You can follow our Twitter account at Made for Philly on Twitter, as well as mine and Matt's personal accounts at zbrice twenty one and at Matt underscore underscore Minton. And, of course, uh, you can find this in every episode on Spotify. Keep in mind, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So make sure you have uh, that Spotify app loaded up and ready to go. Give us your feedback. Give us that rating because it only helps us give better content and give the people what they want, which is good content. And, of course, you can also find our episodes on YouTube and Apple Podcasts as well. So multiple outlets to find the episode and, of course, uh, share it with all your friends, your family, and obviously if you want full playoff breakdowns uh, of the Eagles coming up, their road to the Super Bowl out in L.A., uh, it starts right here with Made for Philly. Like I said, be safe out there. Enjoy the football this weekend. For Matt, I am Bryce. We are presented by Godzilla Media. This has been made for Philly. Go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. And we will catch you next week for our wild card preview for the Philadelphia Eagles. Have a good weekend.